Celebration Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hi family, welcome back to the Adventist Reflections podcast and this is episode 5 of this season, ministering to the list of these. And today's musical blessings come from my friend Michael Richards and I hope that you get blessed by it as I have been over this year. This week's lesson is titled The Cry of the Prophets and the key text is found in Micah 6, 8 which is a favorite of many and it says he has shown thee, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So today's lesson is focused once again on aspects of social justice, on God's character, and this is shown in the life of his prophets. So I would like to share with you a quote. This book was published in 1962 by the Jewish Publication Society of America, and, it's, and this quote is found in our lessons. It says, We ourselves witness continually acts of injustice, manifestations of hypocrisy, falsehood, outrage, misery, but we rarely grow indignant or overly excited. Here comes the punchline. To the prophets, even a minor injustice assumes cosmic proportions. So today we are going to focus on two aspects, the role of the prophet in matters of service and our role as children of God. Before we do so, allow me to welcome back our special guest who we could safely say that she is no longer a guest, but part of this Adventist <laughs> Reflections family. So Catalina from the Connected Adventist Podcast and leader of the Adventist Committed to Serve Ministry. Catalina, welcome back. How is it going? Good, great. Really good. Like I said just before, I'm trying to not yawn because it's very early in the morning that we do our recordings. <laughs> but um, yeah, glad to be back on and to be able to share again. I guess it's in perspective. Yeah, it is quite early for us. Um, five in the morning or so. It's not easy sometimes, um, especially on weekends, yeah. isn't it? So thank you. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> it is what it is and it is when we can. So thank you, family, for listening to I us. You know it. I always think of people that, you know, they have like, they co-host, like Burn the Haystack. Mm -hmm. Like I, I always think of like Jesse and Josh trying to coordinate to mm. be available at the same time and just be consistent with that. It must be such a struggle. Yeah. We've just done like five lessons and we're, we've had to rebook and reschedule so many times. So I know. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it true. It isn't as easy. And also imagine those people on TV. When I was in the Philippines, uh, I have the privilege to go and, and meet a friend, make a new friend. And she works at this TV channel thing. And, you know, those morning programs, they run their life. But literally, they start mm -hmm. the whole thing at one in the morning. I mean, yeah. you don't watch anything until like six or five. But she will yeah. get picked up by the channel 12, one mm -hmm. in the morning and be there all morning doing the scripts and doing all this stuff, editing and whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. anyhow, we do it for That's you, why family. we start early. <laughs> we get our makeup and our stylist in. That's right. Especially me. I, uh, I need to do my hair quite um, meticulously. <laughs> all right. So... 
Catalina, the prophets. Let us recap. So God makes men to his image. We fall apart. We become selfish, egocentrical, desiring our own benefit. Now God sends a blueprint, the Ten Commandments. He needed to remind us of what's going on. He needed to remind us what's the best for us to live, to treat each other. Then the people of God continually behaving mm-hmm. unjustly. The prophets have always been there. And then he sends judges and then mm-hmm. they ask for kings. Kings come. They became unfair kings. And the prophets were always there again, you know, calling the kings back to God's way. And so this is where we are in this lesson. We are going to be speaking about what the prophets did. I would like to ask you, aside from Christ, do you have a favorite prophet? Um, I think I'm going to go with the default of Isaiah. Um, okay. <laughs> because of chapter 58 I, or do you just let like me it? Try. I, no. In addition, I think just when we look at the focus of Isaiah, I feel it is very balanced in the sense that I can sense his concern for his people. Okay. And he was brave enough to speak up. Okay. Um, I feel that with Isaiah, there just seems to be a really good balance between concern and maybe criticism or rebuke. For sure. And I believe that in terms of my past and my history, as as for those who may know, I associated with a lot of independent groups. Mm-hmm. I was a conservative or a, commi- a very committed Christian. Mm-hmm. And I felt that as I associated with those groups, there was a lot of space given to criticism, but there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of space given to empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, um, I feel too that there wasn't enough of a balance with okay. that. But sure. I do feel that with Isaiah, there is a decent balance. It is definitely something that, yeah, I really appreciate. Great. And then Isaiah 58 on top of that. That's okay. like the cherry on top. <laughs> That's like, it. Right, for sure. Well, look, I, I thought about it. It was hard for me. I, I couldn't think of one specifically. I mean, um, the name Daniel came to my mind first, but I think I'm biased and therefore I had to rethink about it. And I was like, well, no, why Daniel? I mean, he did really <laughs> cool stuff and whatever. Then I thought about John Tis and I think I'm biased because I do have a, a revelation as one of my favorite books. But is he, is he really mm-hmm. my favorite prophet? The message was great, but I didn't really know who he was. And so I, I ended up choosing Moses. Uh, he was my. He was the third name that yeah. came to my mind. Uh, I don't think I think much of Moses a prophet, but he was a prophet. I, I chose him because in in his service for God and for people, in my opinion, he was unmatchable in some ways. I mean, so much more that he was willing to give his life to save them all from destruction because of all these mm. stupid things that they yeah, did. Yeah, that's true. And I long for that. And I think I, yeah. I chose him because I don't have that. Mm-hmm. Changing church, I am not confident that I'm there yet. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're going to be worshiping a, a golden kangaroo that I am going to be saying, Lord, don't wipe them, kill me and save them. Lord, I, block I, my name out. Block <clears throat> that's my right. Name. That's mm. right. I, I said like, yes, Lord, just wipe them all and let us make a new Jinjin with you and I. Uh, I, I don't God, think I'll God, say- I, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't think I'll say that, but you know, I'm not there yet. And I long to be there. I, I would like to have that kind of spirit, that kind of motive like like Moses did. I think he was a true, true leader and, and he went to heaven. So I make some kind of sense that he was he was righteous despite of his defects. All right. When you think of a prophet, though, I mean, we already talked a little bit about it when we express our um favorite prophet so we could say what comes to your mind when you think of a prophet this is first instinct i feel you're in trouble like if a prophet is being said yeah 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 good good if a prophet is speaking to you like watch out because 
yeah, mm. I mean, in terms of what we have a look in the condition of Israel in the Old Testament, usually a prophet was given because something was going wrong. Right. Uh, there was a wrong turn that had been taken and we were no longer in God's plan and in God's will and in God's path. When we have a look at aspects of the prophets, then there was also, you know, balancing out and giving them hope. Mm. Um, yeah, you guys have messed up, but you know, be thankful that there is a Savior who's coming to restore all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do believe that with every message of rebuke, with every message that came to, you know, put you back into line, there was always a balance with, but remember that Christ restores. And I feel that that is the really positive aspect of the prophets is that mm -hmm. no matter how much we mess up, Christ can fix it. Regardless of the consequences, there is still the hope that Christ will restore everything that was broken, either on this life or in the life to come. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think that's what really the prophets were there for. God sent them to do that. And yet people like me, I, I am like you as well in the sense of thinking of prophet equals to trouble. Uh, but the first thing that comes to my mind is <laughs> predictions. You know, that's that's the common popular, even out of yeah. Adventism. When you say prophet, people think about, you know, Nostradamus or something like that. Some yeah. weird stuff. And so I'm, I'm a common thinker, I guess. I'm just a common person. And I think of somebody predicting the future. Maybe I'm biased with the idea of Christ saying, oh, I have told you this before it comes to pass so that when it comes to pass, you may believe. And so maybe I'm biased from the mm -hmm. idea that prophets point us back to the greater hope of Jesus' return. But you're right. Prophets were more than just that, right? Like they had a greater role in humanity, a, re a greater role in society. God appointed them for specific times. They pop out mm -hmm. for specific duties. So uh, you already talked about it in, in terms of the role of a prophet. How do you see their role in terms of what we've been studying, though, in terms of social justice specifically? Is there anything that calls your mind? Um, I think what I really picked up and, and specifically through the lesson is that, and obviously when we put it in the context of social justice, as much as the prophets came to rebuke and, you know, set the path straight and guide Israel back, you know, in the direction that they should be going, mm -hmm. I do believe that they're throughout the prophets that we looked at in this lesson, there was always an aspect that touched on how we should treat others, how we mm -hmm. should look at uh, people that are being mistreated, mm -hmm. people that have poor conditions. There just seemed to be a lot of evidence to show that not only did the prophets come to tell Israel, follow the truth and you guys, you know, you're in apostasy, but mm -hmm. then he's also like, and you are also lacking love for mm -hmm. those who are suffering. And I feel that as we have a look in the context, and again, back to my story and my past, mm -hmm. I feel that within the church, we can, I believe that we have the truth and mm -hmm. I am very strongly convicted of that. Mm -hmm. And we have placed a lot of emphasis on the truth and we share the truth and we outreach the truth. We evangelize the truth. We put so much emphasis on sharing the Seventh-day Adventist truth. Mm -hmm. But I feel that if we were to have a look at what the lesson has brought out, there's more to being used by God to share the truth than just sharing the truth, if that makes sense. There's okay. also, hey, let us reach out to those in need. Within a lot of Adventists, you know, there will be people that will say, oh, but, you know, it's not all about love. It, it's it's about, you know, the truth and the love. And, and I believe that we have done the truth so strongly that we mm. have built so many, like, pillars and columns and just mm. 
struck infrastructure on theological truth mm -hmm. that we've forgotten about the humanitarian truth. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And I believe that as we've gone into this lesson, that is what it's bringing out. Great. We have the truth. We all know that. Many people have, you know, focused their whole ministry on the truth. Mm -hmm. But if we have a look at what the prophets were calling Israel to do, they were calling them to also have a soft heart and to see people suffering and to want to do something for that and mm. to fix it and to at least alleviate the pain of the consequence of sin for mm. those that don't know Christ and for people that are suffering. So what I'm hearing here is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing from you, Catalina, is that the prophets had a role in society to point people back to the love of Christ, to point people back to being having that humanitarian if you want to call it in today's terms mm -hmm. um lifestyle that they seem to have forgotten back then but what i'm hearing is that it sounds that we have parallels with the prophets now i don't know, know about you i am not the son of a prophet nor am i a prophet but i'm hearing that i have mm -hmm. kind of like a role of a prophet in that sense is that is that mm -hmm. is that what you're saying as adventists as christians we are to yeah. similarly yeah i mean and we have we have a look at the lesson that was last week of mm -hmm. psalms and proverbs yes and if we're going to read the psalms and the proverbs if we're going to read the bible we are going to see that as part of reading the bible and studying the word and letting the word transform us we are naturally going to be given a sensitivity towards the suffering of people Mm -hmm. So regardless of whether you want to call yourself a prophet or not, the word of God is going to reveal to us that there is a need for each one of us as Christians and as followers of God mm. to also desire and to seek out mercy and justice within the society that, that we live in and within our communities. Mm -hmm. And so when we touch that now, when we connect it with this week's lesson, which is what the prophets, the prophets are crying out because God's people aren't being merciful. They're not mm. being, um, they're not demonstrating justice. They're not mm. looking out for those. So I believe that if a prophet was to come to, to the church today, they would say the same thing. You guys mm. are so, so convicted on sharing the truth, the commandments, the mm. Sabbath, the state of the dead, um, the health message. You guys put so much emphasis, so much invest of your resources, of your time, but you're forgetting the, mm. the fact that there are people that are suffering that need your mm. help, whether that is through food, through um, mm. shelter, through clothing, um, whether it's just being there, mm. just being present mm. for them. I think that's what the prophets would come and say to us. Apart from mm. the apostasy and the heresies and whatever it is that mm. you disagree with in the condition of the church, I think, I think the prophets would also tell us the same thing. You guys right. are actually so cold and you're so convicted that the truth is the only aspect of your Christianity that you are to live out, mm. that they would rebuke us just as they rebuked Israel. For sure. As you're talking about that, these thoughts come to my mind and I'm thinking, Daniel, when, when was the last time that you heard a sermon about this? And I really cannot mm -hmm. remember, if I'm honest. And I wonder mm. why. I'm here thinking yeah. and sitting, why, why, why? I guess I'll get attracted to this um philosophical life existential questions doctrinal matters that make you think hard but i don't know if that's the real reason i wonder if i will feel hypocritical preaching something for which i'm not doing <laughs> and and that's mm. probably a bit of a self-confession and that's okay you know we need to start having these conversations we we need to think hey you know all these mm -hmm. ministries that are preaching the straight truth the straight message the present truth but i'm doing yes. absolutely nothing could it be that they are not preaching on the other part that is so important 
important yeah. because with what authority can you do that when you are not doing it yourself? Now, one of the things that puzzled me as we think about these prophets uh, that we study in the lesson is that all of them, many of them, as we study them, they, they point to the people of Israel about the, the nations around them. And they say, you know, listen to this stuff, mm -hmm. the prophet says, you know, like the Philistines, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the Moabites, etc., etc., etc. And they're really bad, and God is going to come and avenge, and God is going to come and do justice. And I cannot just imagine the Israelites, if you want to call it the Adventists, saying, amen, amen. And yet, mm -hmm. what comes next is what uh, hits the most. Because they later on say, but hang on, guys, hang on. You know all these nations around you that are violating, oppressing, taking bribes, afflicting mm. the just, cheating, violating the Sabbath, etc., etc. Guess what, Daniel? Have you looked at yourself in the mirror? Because mm. you are part of that. You are part of yeah. some of this stuff. And so I, it was a hard, for me, as I look at the lesson, it was a hard take to be able to see that, to be able to reflect on these ideas, that we need to start mm -hmm. looking inward and then be able to serve others. And remember that the prophets were here to tell us about our duty as Christians and what really is to be a Christian. When Christ came, how mm -hmm. many sermons, apart from the Sermon on the Mount, which was about how to treat each other, all his doctrines in the Sermon on the Mount were about serving each other and being kind to each other and being kind to the neighbors. But we didn't really hear about any of the other stuff. Aside from that, when you read all the Gospels, it was primarily about how we had to treat each other, how we had to be socially mm -hmm. just and merciful in grace, how to be like him. But another aspect that I wanted to connect with, with that point is that, mm -hmm. I mean, if we have a look at what Jesus's ministry was, mm -hmm. I mean, I've had this conversation with someone else. And when we have a look at his ministry, there was a lot of sharing the truth, mm -hmm. but you cannot ignore or disregard the humanitarian work that Jesus did. Now, mm -hmm. some people don't like it being called humanitarian. That's fine. About the okay. personal work that Jesus did that was not doctrinal. Uh -huh. It was not, I am the truth, you know, it was purely, let me heal you. Mm -hmm. Let me stop your physical suffering. Let me not discriminate or marginalize against you like the church people do. Um, so I think we have to be really aware and sensitive of the fact that Israel did not know of their condition. The Jews did not know of their condition. And I believe that as Adventists, like you said, we may not know what our condition is as mm. well. Uh, we may be in the same position as the Pharisees where we feel that all our emphasis should be on the truth and being mm. part of this elect group of, you know, holy people that have been set apart. Mm. I think sometimes we may place so much focus on that mm. and here come, come into the faith doctrinally, mm -hmm. but not come into the faith with this with the sensitivity of what christ had when he would see people suffering mm. and and as i thought about the lesson you know and and i don't want to be critical but i, I want to say it in the sense of for people to understand i know i have sat at many potlucks and mm. i have i've been at many prayer meetings and a lot of the mm -hmm. emphasis of when we share and when we feel a blessing is often oh we were able to share with someone about the sabbath um often our blessings yeah. come from doctrinal encounters mm -hmm. um, and and they are great. I'm not taking mm -hmm. away from that. Mm. I, I definitely don't want to take away from that because obviously a blessing is a blessing. But 
it would be so encouraging to see a 50-50 balance. Like mm -hmm. I was so blessed because I was able to go and clean someone's house who has been sick. Uh, I was so blessed mm. because I was given the opportunity to, um, you know, pay for someone who didn't have mm. enough change. So there are so many situations where we can share some more practical yeah. situations where we can say, you know, we, we demonstrated Christ's love for mm. people rather than we just showed them the truth. And that mm -hmm. was the highlight of our week. I wish we could sit around at Potluck and just share of all the things that we have helped to ease the burden of sin on people's mm. lives by practically going out and doing something for them. And that would be our ideal. And also, I want to balance that. I don't think that we should all be about just acts of kindness and mm -hmm. not be wanting to share the truth. I mm -hmm. think that's where we need to find our balance. Mm. I think we've done the truth a lot. Now we need to balance it out. And that is, I think, God's ideal is for us to mm. be 50-50 in, in both aspects. Yeah, middle ground. And that's what Jesus did. I mean, when you think about it, he met their needs. He called them follow me, which in a way is a doctrinal aspect. You know, we call people follow follow him. It's, it's teaching that God saves, Jesus saves, his sacrifice saves. Uh, I like that. And perhaps let us think about giving ourselves the permission to not criticize when somebody shares that. Because as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, I can imagine people saying how, oh, you know, you're just full of yourself. Stop talking about what you do and the good deeds that you do. Let us be encouraged each other. I mean, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, you know, let us come together to exhort one another in, in good works in love and good work. So mm -hmm. how else are we going to do it if we don't really share with each other what we did? And and I liked, yeah. we're talking here about Sabbath school. I like how Sabbath school used to be. Look, I wasn't born here nor raised here in Australia, but back at home in Sabbath school, and they still do, you take record of things. And in every class, you talk about those good deeds you did, not for any purpose, but rather to see mm -hmm. the temperature, the thermometer of the class. It's 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 like a measure of what are we doing to minister to those in need. So they talk about, hey, did anybody give food? And somebody put their hand up, yeah, yeah, one or two items of food, any pieces of clothing, any money given to to, to whoever needed it. And it sounds very, mm -hmm. very I don't know if want to use the term legalistic, very workspace. But it, nobody is saying, hey, you know, how many of you are saved here because of what you gave? They're just saying, hey, you know, has anybody here ministered to the community? And I think it's a good idea. Some mm. people feel uncomfortable about that because here in Australia, we're not used to. I was speaking to an elder of, of my church um, back when I was in Rockhampton, and he told me, oh, we used to do that. I don't know why we stopped. He wasn't very keen on doing it back either. Mm. But I wonder, you know, if in our society here in the Western world, we think more of the idea that we don't want people to know what we do or we feel ashamed or uncomfortable. But that's part of the accountability. Mm. I mean, one day the big screen is going to be rolled up uh, down rather and we're going to see every single thing and so i think yeah. we should need to be more transparent with each other yeah Go. yeah and also i was um i was doing a bible study yesterday and we were going through the second coming you know and it says mm -hmm. in revelation that jesus is coming with his reward and it is based and it is according to our works mm. so there is an aspect of our spirituality that is not just oh i believe and i love god like there is an outward aspect of our faith that is demonstrated and mm. not only is it demonstrating by us abiding to the ten commandments mm. which as Adventists we really <laughs> we we got that one all down. We drilled down in yeah. the sense that we know the importance. We know how to share. We know how to you know 
yeah, we got the Ten Commandments all worked out in the sense that theologically we understand that. Um, but I think there's an aspect of that that we have to share and be human like Christ and, mm. and see people in suffering and our mm. heart should break. Mm. Um, and we should be willing to, st- to step out. Jesus got rebuked by the Pharisees and the Jews because of the work that he did with people that were in suffering. I believe that we should do the same thing. Like if, if people don't, People may disagree, and I don't believe, you know, maybe there are boundaries as to who we can help and how we can help them. But I think realistically, there we shouldn't limit ourselves to, oh, no, we, we can't help people like that. Mm. I feel that there is really no boundary as to how we can help. We just mm. have to be prayerful in how we help and how we go about that. Mm. Yeah. So family around the globe, reflect on these ideas. I would like to invite you to bring them to your Sabbath school class as well. As Catalina is mentioning, these practicalities, mm-hmm. and we're discussing about what we are to do and how we are to do it. And let us not be scared to bring these concepts. Uh, try to make your Sabbath schools practical. Bring the challenge view of what are we doing today as a Sabbath school class, as a church, as a youth group, as a, what, as a Pathfinder adventure group, whatever you have in your church. What are we doing to ensure that we are sharing the message that God gave the prophets? And I guess the last question, which is, did the prophets see any changes straight away? And I think we already know that they didn't. Henceforth, more (laughs) prophets came up. You know, we have all the minor prophets there and the big ones. But did that stop them from continuing to motivate God's people in love and good works, as Hebrews 10, 24 Mm -hmm. and 25? Mm -hmm. And I think the answer is no. So if your class doesn't want to do anything, if your church doesn't want to do anything, keep on motivating them, but don't let that stop mm-hmm. you from doing whatever you have to do. Let us continue mm-hmm. to proclaim God's justice and mercy and let us mm-hmm. not be ashamed to bring it up. Uh, even if people call you, you're talking about works, salvation by works. And yeah, like Catalina said, well, it's part of it, but it's not the whole thing. We're not safe because mm-hmm. of what we do, but if we really have Christ and claim his righteousness and his grace on us, well, our guess is that, as James says, it will show up somehow. And it will show up showing his mm. character to others. Any final remarks, Catalina, before we go out to our weekly encourager? No, just to add on to and build on to that last point, um, mm-hmm. I, I believe that once people have a burden for community service or they mm-hmm. have a burden for outreach to whatever it is that you feel that there is a lack Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's to help children on the street, to help the youth, uh, whether it's to help marginalized communities. Once you have that, I, I, I get very excited because I'm like, God has brought you to a stage where you have the tenderness of his heart. Um, so I, I encourage you as well that if your church doesn't get behind you, if your youth group doesn't get behind you, if your family doesn't get behind you, just continue to do the work and do it in however you can do it on your own. It might not be what you would have liked. Maybe you would have liked a whole, you know, group of 10 people to go out and do the project. But if it is something that only you are able to do for whatever reasons, logistics or commitment or whatever, um, I still encourage you to do that because that has that has come from God. That, that tenderness towards the suffering of people has come from God. And, yeah, don't let other people quench um, that fire that God has started. So find practical ways that you can do that as as an individual or as a group with, you know, the minimal people that you might have. So, yeah, continue to do the work regardless of whether it's one person or 20 people. Mm-hmm. And God will still give you that tenderness and that sensitivity to help people in need. Absolutely. Thank you, Catalina. 
Do you no. have somebody no, for us who I do. is an Adventist so committed to serve? We had the End Mile Community Church last week. And now who is it this week? Yeah, who, yeah. where, what, and why? Okay, so we're going to New York. Oh, nice. The Big Apple. So put on your I love NY. Yep. Um, so we're going to New York. And again, mm -hmm. I would like to encourage um, our listeners to get onto the Axe uh, Facebook page mm. just because there, uh, there's, um, I know there are things that I don't know about. So obviously on my personal Facebook, I have lots of different churches, but I'm sure there are other churches. So obviously I've targeted American and Australian churches, but I would love to hear from other people. So feel mm. free to yeah send me a message or get in contact with me so that I can like your church's Facebook page or your ministry page. Mm. So then I can then promote it through Acts and then obviously through, through this podcast as well. Um, mm. But this is from New York and it is from the Greater New York Conference mm -hmm. and they have a band and it is right. called Showers of Blessings and what that band has is just multiple showers and mm -hmm. they just drive oh. to different areas throughout that conference that wow. have a high population of homeless people. Yeah. And they basically just set the van up and people can come and have showers. So uh. they initially started it with a smaller van And then they just saw that it was so successful and that people really appreciate it. And then they've upgraded to a big event. So you'll see the post on the um, Axe page so yeah. you can see it. But it is a decent size. Like it's almost like a semi-truck kind of. It's wow. very big. It's wow. very big. So is it the yeah. whole conference or is one church in a specific there? Um, no, so it is through the conference. Okay. Yeah, it's through wow. the conference. And I think the truck travels to different areas. And then I'm assuming maybe the churches in that area help support it and run it or whatever it is. Okay. But yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. I'm I'm so keen to look at that in the Acts Facebook page. And I'm so keen to tag our SEQ so that we locally think about things that we can invest some of our resources yeah. in, mm. in Queensland for sure. You know, Um That's amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. I am very yeah, challenged by that and motivated as well. Now, do you have a challenge mm -hmm. for us this week? I do. So yes. the challenge for us this week mm -hmm. um, will be to do an act of kindness. All Just right. one thing. Practical stuff. Thing, however that is. Yes, but I, I would like it to be a little bit more than just sending a text message okay. um, maybe it is to go and visit someone okay um, maybe it is to give like a very just small gift i okay. have a thing i like to give flowers to people okay um so i'll, I'll share this one. um mm -hmm. sometimes when we go to the shops mm -hmm. there is a five dollar bouquet that you can get from aldi yeah. and my right. girls we will pick one we will buy it and then we will find mm -hmm. a lady in the car park before we go mm -hmm. home to give the bouquet to Oh, um, nice. It's a $5 gift and the, the ladies are always, I maybe I should give it to a guy as well. Maybe a guy would really like to take it home and he can give it to his <laughs> girlfriend. To and claim that he girlfriend. It. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that is one thing that we, we like to do. And it always okay. is just people's reaction is just it. The reaction is a blessing for us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe something like that or maybe just surprise someone with, with something that they weren't expecting. Awesome. I like it. I, I accept the challenge. It's very practical. And I look forward to reports of how that went for me. I'm going to pray Sounds about good. it because I want to be impressed. I want to be impressed exactly what to do uh, and, yeah. and, and do it. And maybe make it a habit like what I'm hearing that you have. And that's the idea, you know. This could be a one-off mm -hmm. or it could become yeah. a, a habit of a lifetime until the day Jesus returns. Well, once again, thank you, Catalina. 
Thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. I'll see you five o'clock next week. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. And thank you all of you for, for joining us this week as well and giving us some of your time to listen to, to some of our intrapersonal reflections on Adventist ideas. So I'm Dr. Dancy and today I choose to love God in action and accept this challenge. What about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.